if you want to stay in the same situation, then continue doing what you're doing. And you guys can get on board and go down this four-lane highway and just rock it out and you don't have to have a decade of learning process. Meet people where they are. If you want to have all types of clients, be a Rubik's Cube. Meet them where they want to be met. We have to know our numbers. We have to know how much we want and then what, how many deals do I have to close to make that a reality? What I want to do over the next half hour or so is give you clarity on the items that really are going to generate money for you and allow you to do the things you want to do. So if you're not currently being coached by the people in the industry that are doing it at the highest level, then you're working too hard to get there. This is the Next Level Loan Officers Podcast with Kenneth Travis and Sean Zalmanoff. Hello, Next Level Loan Officers. Sean Zalmanoff here with my man, my friend, Kenneth Travis. Kenneth, how are you doing this morning? What's up, man? I'm just glad to know that we're friends, man. Like, I, I get to sleep well at night knowing that. So. You know, most days, most days we are, aren't we? Uh, and uh, we have our guest today, John Burnham. John, how are you, sir? Doing great, thanks. So we were just talking at the beginning of uh, our introductions here. And man, we had a great topic that, uh, that, that was coming up before we were even getting rolling. And John, you had made a comment about doing more with less. So we're going to dive a little deep into that today. But man, before we do, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Fort Worth and moved to Austin in 2000 and got the mortgage business in 01. And so I've been uh, doing loans for 17 years. I've been a branch manager. I had my own company for a while. And, and really after uh, 2009 and 10, realized that my, my best strength was, was really um, in, in production and not necessarily uh, running the, the company. I like to run my team and deliver an amazing client experience. That's really been our focus and just grow, grow from there. Yeah, you left out TCU graduate. Go Frogs. Woo-hoo. That's right. Go Frogs. So my brother, Kellen, I got to give him a little love. You know, I always tell him that he didn't go to SMU. He didn't go to TCU. He went to TWU, which is Texas <laughs> University around the corner. <laughs> that's right. Uh, anyway, uh, well, that's awesome, dude. Uh, thanks for sharing a little bit about yourself. My uh, pleasure. Sure. Yeah. And one of the things we were talking about is like, you know, you said something kind of nonchalantly um, that was like, you know, yeah, I'm closing. What was it? 20 something million, whatever it was. And that's solid, man. You know, like that's a solid number, 25, 26 million solid. And one of the things that um, uh, that I was sharing was like, dude, I, I remember closing 28 million like three years in a row. And I just couldn't break that threshold. And one of the things that uh, that we that, that people get caught up in sometimes is um, volume, right? And I've closed over 100 million in a year in a 12 month period. Uh, I've closed and I've closed 75 million. And I can tell you with all honesty, man, John, I made more money at, at closing less volume. Like I closed 75 million and was more profitable. And so, like as we grow in our businesses, as we grow our teams, and we grow our our production and our pipeline. Growth is good, right? But you, you know, it's not a, it's not a good thing to go from 28 million to 100 million in a year, right? Like, I'm not saying that it can't happen. I'm just saying it's it's very rare that 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 happens, and we have to grow into uh, our teams, and we have to grow into our relationships with our realtor partners and our fear of influence and the people that we do business with, and and it's it's not an overnight process. And so I always tell people like, man, don't grow too fast because there's a lot of pain that comes with that. I did I did go through some of that myself, 
And sometimes, actually a lot of times, less is more. And so I think that there's a lot of pride and I think there's a lot of egos in this industry, right? Because people go out there and like we both, like we're prideful folks. Like we, we work hard. I closed 100 million. I closed 150 million. I closed 200 million. And really the real question for me is, is how much money did you make, right? Because it's not what you make, right? It's not what you close. It's what you bring home. It's the profitability part of it. You know? I always go back to what my mother-in-law used to always say to me, man, that like stuck with me for a lot of years. It's been with me. And it's like, it's not how much you make how much you save right and so like at the end of the day what is on our w-2s what is on our, what is on in on our PLs? and if we're out there trying to look good and and be impressive like that's not as important that's just pride right and so i just think that like closing 25 million is a solid number closing 50 million is a solid number and if we're going to um, you know, if we're going to get to that level, like, man, there's just a process to it and it didn't happen overnight. So, uh, John, we were, I have a question for you. We were sure. sharing a bit of that, so go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, so, so you've owned a mortgage brokerage company, you've, uh, you've been a manager of another company, but you said that your best strength was being in production. And so there's people that are listening right now that, man, they're just not being honest with themselves. And they're saying, I want this title. I want to own this. I, I, I want to be captain of, you know, this sinking ship because it just makes me feel good to have that title. Right. What switched for you? When, what did you do? What realized that like, this was best for me. This was best for my family. This is where my skill set is. And, and just like mentally, how'd you work through all that all to realize that making the best decision for you meant you'd make more money, but you wouldn't have some fancy title somewhere. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you exactly what it was. It was spring of 2011. And what we had gone through between 2008 and 2010 was probably similar to a lot of originators that, that made it through that. It was, it was very difficult. And I remember sitting in my boss's office at the time and just had a lot of different things going on. We had some rental properties and those people weren't paying rent. So we were covering that. It was, it was draining. It was stressful. And, and he looked at me and he said, you have to remove the distractions and go do what you do best. And it was a, that was a defining moment. I mean, I was in his office, basically going to quit and go wait tables. Like I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just wasn't clicking. And that was April of 2011. Two months later, I closed 2.6 million in a one month, June of 2011, which at the time in a 10 year career was my biggest month ever. Um, and so it was really the rest is history. I mean, I really removed the distractions. What that was for me was focus. It was, okay, I have this over there I can be doing. I have this over here. I have all these distractions. Cut that out and go do what you do best. Get in front of your referral partners. Get in front of your clients. Get in front of your database. Make database calls. Tell them that you just are checking in. How, how are things going? I wanted to, you know, haven't talked to you in a year. That's my fault. I'm sorry I fell out of you know, contact. What What's new in your world? How can I help you? Tell me about your business. And, just really leading from that that standpoint of what, what can I give? What can I do to help uh, everyone else in my database? And so I really just, from the last seven years, that's kind of been my focus. And, and the growth has been slow, probably slower than I would have liked, to be honest with you. Went from 20 million in 2012 to now I'm at 25. So really six years in a row between 20 and 25 million. It's a great business, but I know I can get to 30, 40, 50. And so that's really my focus right now is uh, take some of those things I've learned revamp my team a little bit and uh, now focus on getting better and growing. Well, I bet as you look at that transition though, from 20 to 25 million, the percentage of refi business that you were doing then to the percentage of refi business that you're doing now, you know, 
it's greatly uh, decreased oh, there. The purchase business has gone up. So now that you're, I mean, I'm just guessing 90, 95% of your business is, is purchase uh, on the low end, maybe more. And, you know, it will be easier to get that next 10 million because you'll just be focused on that purchase side too. For sure. No, you're right. I feel like uh, most of the refinances I do is like, it's a refi purchase combo where I may be cashing out refi and then using that equity to buy something or getting someone out of an FHA so they can go use their FHA on a purchase. So a lot of the refis are end up being two deals, but yeah, you're right. It's 85%, 90% purchase right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, John, what I've, what I've realized over the years is it's like the things that we did, like the things that got us to where we're at now, like, so like if you're, if you're sitting at 25 million, the things that you did when you were closing, you know, 10 to 12 million are not the same things you do when you're closing 25 million, but it's the same thing. It's the same process when you start, you know, the things that you're doing today to get to the 35 million is not the same thing that you'll be doing when you're, you know, what you're doing now. So what is it for you? What do you think the thing, what do you think the main things are? And I know it's not one and I'll, Sean and I can have a couple of ideas as well. What do you think it is? And today, because dude, the market's changing, right? It's changing quite a bit. I mean, what, what I would say, the one piece of advice I would say is, is, is always be prospecting, right? Always be making calls. And it's not about a sales call per se, like on this call, I'm going to sell something. It's really about always be prospecting for new referral sources, new lines of business, um, reinventing yourself a little bit. You know, what are some referral sources I haven't thought about? And so I know for me from 2017 to this year, I lost my top four referral sources from last year to this year. Yep. One of them, his, he shut his brokerage down, basically scaled it way back. Two of my top realtors let, moved out of state, and then one of my other uh, uh, referral sources was an investor, and he just he's, he pushed pause and he's not really doing anything. So that was probably thirty five loans last year that I had to replace, and so um, I don't wish that on anyone. But the the goal is that you always got to be thinking, hey, the, my top referral source right here may not be here in ninety days or six months, and mm-hmm. so to always be prospecting and, and looking for new channels of business. Yeah, man, let me, can I thank you for sharing that, dude? Like, I really appreciate being um, transparent in that way. It's hard to get uh, to like be real about that stuff because like we do lose realtor relationships. Sometimes we're only as good as our last deal. And uh, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I always say, uh, you know, you said always prospecting and I always say, always be closing. Right. (laughs) And it's closing on those relationships. And dude, it is so important. Like our relationships and looking, always being mindful and, and, looking for those opportunities to capitalize on a relationship. And, you know, for me, it's really, you know, for me personally in my business, it's been, it's, it's been about going deep, not necessarily wide, you know? Um, so, you know, with the margin compression, we've seen a lot of loan officers out there. Uh, loan officer uh, comp has been reduced with some people. Uh, just everyone's like having to readjust to the market because, you know, when you have less meat on the bone, so to speak, the money's right. Somewhere, so they got to reduce expenses. They got to cut LO comp, and you know, there's so many different business models in the mortgage industry that some people don't necessarily aren't in the best places that they need to be, right? From an right. organization standpoint. So, what we've been preaching, Sean and I've done this personally. Like six months ago, we started having a conversation about getting lean and mean. And when I say getting lean and mean, Jack, I'm talking about I'm about to share something that's pretty it's pretty powerful. Uh, I had 11 loan officers that uh, I had more. I mean, I have more. I had more than that, but I had 11 that I had to decide. Okay, of these 11 LOs that I have, they're they're averaging seven loans a month. 
averaging over the year. Like I'm talking about a real average and That's good production. Yeah, it's decent. Yeah, it's hard to say bye to 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 seven to eleven loan officers or seven loans per month. And I was looking at those numbers and I thought, yeah, man, this doesn't work for me. And the reason for it is because I had to have four additional staff members to support those eleven loan officers. So right. I was thinking, man, for if I had my own personal production team, how much how much more loan business would I have to bring in for my personal production team? Not to, you know, to 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 make up for that for this these seven loans if I took them off my plate. And and I came up, my number was a little over three. It's like three point two loans a month. And because there's a hundred percent of that meat on the bonus. So I thought, okay, so okay, okay, so I'm thinking here. So what about these four staff people? I don't necessarily need them anymore now. And so really that three point two went to zero, right? So less is more sometimes. And so in this market, you have to get really lean and mean because, and, and you have to be really careful the loan officers that you bring onto your teams. If you're, you know, someone out there is listening and they, you know, actually have loan officers joining their team. Like, you know, people ask me, man, well, how do you do it, KT? I'm like, man, you have to bring on the right LOs because in my eyes, like, yeah, I said bye to seven loans, but I was instantly more profitable when I started getting more lean and mean going into this time of year and really figuring out, um, you know, what my numbers were and just getting real clear. And man, these are like my friends. These are 11 people that I like, know, and trust. And, but with, at the end of the day, like, you know how loan officers are, they'll have zero, 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 one, then they'll close up three months and then they'll close three in one month and then they'll go back sure. to two and then they'll go back and they just stay around just, just enough to make you think, you know, but the, at the end of the day, like sometimes these loan officers, they want to, uh, they want you like we want them to be more successful than they do, and so it, it's an it's a it's a current topic that we've been hearing a lot in the industry out there. People saying, "Well, should I keep LOs? Should I go? Should I not do it? Should I focus on my production?" And I think that the correct answer, in my opinion, is you do both, right? Like if you can have a good production team in place and you have teams set up like yours, and I'd love for you to share you know share with us how you're set up, and you and you get the right people in place to manage your personal production, you can bring on LOs, but you have to bring on the right ones. Absolutely. Well, and I think a lot of a lot of us that have had I have had a bigger team. I've had four people before, previously on my team. Now I have two. And one of the things that I think I got away from is I really got away from the lead conversion on the front end and was relying on someone on my team to to make sure that we close that referral. Listen, if if total leads are down, that means conversion ratio's got to go up. Conversion ratio's going up. We're the best salesperson on the team. We need to be on the on the phone with that with that lead, and and making sure that we're communicating to our referral sources and making sure that they know. Yes, we have a team, and here's our process. Um, at the same time, it's not completely delegated 100. That's for me. Now, there's guys that are doing a lot more volume than me that that have a really good lead converter on the front, and that's commendable. And and at some point, hopefully, I'll be there. Um, hey, but right now, I'm really I'm in the trenches, you know? Yeah, it's part of the process. That's the process that we're talking about. Yeah, and I used to live in the same way. So so what's your team look like now, John? So right now I have a loan partner on the front, uh, a licensed loan officer on the front end, so he can take loan apps, takes the incoming call. Everything's routed to the main office number. So if you call my cell phone, it's going to say, you know, today's Tuesday, October 2nd. Um, I am, you know, meetings most of the day to day. If you need assistance, call my office number. Here's the number. Rob or Barbara will be happy to help you out. So I direct folks to the main office number and then Rob's everything prior to contracts and then Barbara's everything contract to close. And so, um, you know, of course I jump in and, and help when necessary, but really, you know, I, there's times on, on clean loans, I may not even really see uh, the meat of that file because it's, it's pretty clean. Rob structures it. 
the contract comes in, we get disclosures out, they get them signed, it goes to Barbara and she is a direct submit, kind of a loan partner too, but she also direct submits to underwriting. She gathers the conditions after the loan approval and then sends out the preliminary CD and all that stuff. So, um, so we can really go, uh, you know, from, from start to finish without me in the file, which is probably better because we just muck it up sometimes if we get in there and start messing with stuff. But I'm also there to, to guide and, and help structure a loan and maybe think of something outside the box uh, to help get it done if we need to get creative. Sure. So there, there's two topics that I've heard you say over and over again, and they happen to be sitting over my shoulder here. Uh, one is about, you know, clarity is power. Like when you know exactly what you're good at, you know, you're the best on conversions. You knew what you had to do in 2011 to go get the business. And then you consistently just go and do the work, John. You, you do what makes you the most money. And it's commendable that you are just so focused and dialed in because salespeople in general, and I think us loan officers have a, a even a special kind of ADD that kicks in when we're yes. supposed to be doing the money-making activities that all of a sudden, you know, you get that squirrel brain. And yeah. what uh, is, has there been anything? Do you have any tips, tricks? What do you do to stay so focused in, in your day to sure. be, be as productive as you are? Well, one of the tips is what's behind me over here. So on the wall, you'll see five folders and that's Monday through Friday. So I have a folder for every day of the week. Um, we have theme calls. So every day is a different theme. So on Monday, I'm calling my, my, my realtor uh, partners and I'll call make anywhere from 30 to 60 calls. Um, my goal is 40 to 45 calls every Monday. Um, sometimes the conversations go a little longer. Sometimes I have other commitments. Don't always get to the 40, but the goal really is 40 to 60. Um, and so quality phone calls, right? And that may take anywhere from three to six hours. So I turn my email off. I get on the phone, I have my call list and I just, I just call and I reference maybe a conversation we had last week. How are the kids doing? How's the soccer game? How's that listing that you just got? And uh, just build rapport and continue to deepen that relationship. You touched on that uh, going deep. I spent 2017 going wide, got a lot of new referral partners. And now this year really focused on the relationships. Uh, so then Tuesday through Friday is uh, we have our update calls that we make on Tuesdays. Wednesday, I call all my pre-approvals and their agent. Thursday, I call my database. I call 10 to 12 people out of my database. And then Friday, I call my VIPs. Could be a CPA, could be a, my doctor, could be just a, an agent who's on my VIP list and, and also on my, uh, on my realtor list. So just, you know, for the first, uh, I guess the first tip would be get organized with your list, right? Like actually make five lists, categorize everybody. You can't really have the same names on two lists and make the calls. So if you're doing 40 to 50 calls on a Monday, you do 10 calls each other uh, every other day, you're getting 80 to hundred calls in a week, probably having 40 to 60 conversations. And from there, it's going to take off, um, setting appointments. You know, the goal of the calls is to set an appointment, um, to ask for business or to, for me, it's to promote something. So we have a, a lunch and learn event coming up. We have a happy hour coming up. We have some, something, a uh, new program that I'd love to talk about a reason to call. That's really important to have a reason to call. Yeah, very important. Have a reason to call. You know, there's uh, a lot of coaching programs out there that just say you need to make these phone calls. You call 30 agents on Monday. You call 30 agents with the same lousy script every Monday. They're going to stop answering your phone call on Monday. So make sure you are bringing value when, absolutely. when you're reaching out to your partners. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that, man. I absolutely love that. And and that's so true. Like you can't call and, and have the same conversation over and over again. You just you got to really talk to them 
and uh, really go deep with them and really uh, care about what you're saying, not just not just calling to call, but calling with a purpose. That's right. Well, and what, what I've learned too over the last really two years of doing this in a structured format is at first I really had a tough time with the calls. I mean, let's all be honest. We've all had call reluctance. It, it happens to the highest of producers, um, maybe not as much as, as other guys, but you know, we all kind of struggle with it at times. And I think what I, what I actually, what, what started happening is I, I started to enjoy the phone calls because I like the people that I'm working with. And so I've developed some really solid friendships and relationships, guys and gals that I, I really like calling. And so that's another tip is you can't just call five people and then those five people doesn't really work out. And so you just stop calling. Like you've, you've got to really build a network of people that you'd want to go hang out with. You'd want to go to lunch with, you want to have a happy hour with. And from that relationship, you will give and get business. Um, and it also makes it a more meaningful relationship when there are some bumps in the road and you can call them and say, Hey, we just had this issue come up. Here's how we're going to tackle it. You know, yes, call with a challenge, but also call with a solution, right? Don't just call with a problem. Like, Hey, we got a problem. No, like we've already thought this through. Here's some different angles we could take. And so that trust is established. It runs really deep. And so then when you have, you overcome that together and you win together and everyone's happy. And it really just, uh, it makes the relationship that much tighter moving forward. John, you were just making me think, I saw an interview with Paul McCartney recently and he was, uh, he was just talking about, you know, the, the Beatles success. And then the last, I, I think it's 50 years of maybe the white albums anniversary that's about to happen. Oh, cool. And, you know, he was talking about his insecurities. And so you have a, a guy who was transformed rock and roll music who 50 years later is still putting out and performing and he still talks about being insecure. Like, what, what if they don't like me? What if I'm not good enough? What if the music I'm putting together? I mean, like, he could ride off into the sunset and be done forever. And his legacy is so set. So, I mean, we all have that level of insecurity on something. And sure. for those of us in the sales world, it is very, very often picking up the phone and dialing. One of the things that can make us the most money and, uh, and earn us. Yeah. And start with, I mean, I, my advice would be start with the easy calls. Start with call a listing agent that you had a good transaction with and just reconnect. Hey, I really enjoyed working with you. And I just want to let you know I'm, I'm available. If you ever hit a bump in the road, I'm sure you have some lenders that you work with. I'm not trying to replace anyone, uh, but I love to be on your short list. Um, please you know, let me know if there's anything I can do. Obviously try to set the meeting. I always try to set the meeting. But um, If you're uncomfortable doing that, just make the call first. You know, just and hang up and say, okay, cool, I did it. Now do one more, do one more. All of a sudden you're at 100 a week, 150 a week, and, and it can really start to take off. Awesome, man. Well, John, I appreciate your time today. KT, you got anything else to add? Yeah, man, I got one question. Um, do they sell men's shirts where you bought that one? I'm just, I'm just curious. Why, why would you be so rude to John on this call? <laughs> the guy wearing, oh, that was a shot. That wasn't to me, was it? Uh, no, no, it wasn't for you. Just the guy wearing the pink shirt has to say that, you know? You can't tell, but the buttons are backwards. Is that is that? it? <laughs> <laughs> You know, man, like if you can't have fun in this industry, man, and make fun of your friends, you know, my enemies don't come around. So I got to make fun of my friends. You, know? That's right. you That's are right. really, really good at making fun of every one of your friends. So, you know, it's, hey, we got to have fun in this business, right? I mean, this, this business is stressful and challenging. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. 
Hey, so we appreciate you all uh, joining us today on Next Level Loan Officers podcast. Please reach out to us for your free strategy session. If you're looking to take your business to the next level, we are here to help you. Have a great day, y'all. Awesome. Take care, guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Uh, Appreciate you, man. All right. Thank you.